Welcome to IT Visionaries, created by The Mission, your number one source for accelerated learning. Our lives and the lives of our loved ones depend on healthcare. So why aren't we incorporating the most advanced wireless and software technologies into our medical devices? That's a question that Dr. Narsi Nazari kept asking himself. Lucky for us, Dr. Nazari answered that question, which led to him founding Vital Connect, a biosensor company. Dr. Nazari is a serial entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience in medical device technology and venture funding. He has a doctorate in electrical engineering and has been awarded eight patents for his work. Prior to Vital Connect, Dr. Nazari served as CEO of Terranetics, which was later acquired by PLX Technology. Dr. Nazari also founded Pacific General Ventures, which is a private venture capital firm that invests in technology companies. On this episode, Dr. Nazari joins us to discuss innovations in healthcare, the impact biosensors have on the patient experience, and opportunities for other industries to pursue miniaturization. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. The Lightning Platform is a leading cloud platform that makes building AI-powered apps faster and easier. With Salesforce, now everyone is empowered to build apps for their organization. Learn more at salesforce.com slash build apps. Nursi, how's it going? Good. Great to be with you. And we have Nursi in studio here in sunny Palo Alto. It's a great day. And we're excited to talk about all things wearables, splash in some healthcare, splash in some of Nursi's background in the semiconductor industry, and generally get some takeaways for our IT leaders that are listening all over the world. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how you started the company and what was the genesis for the idea of Vital Connect? The genesis for the idea was that if we can make these biosensors that are wearables very small, but accurate and medical grade. This idea as a whole been around for years, but the question was, is the technology ready to make this thing small, accurate, and also affordable? So we looked at this at 2011 and started the company, made a prototype to see if it can be done. And also the timing was right, because if we had made this biosensor but mobile devices were not around, cloud computing wasn't around, the acceptance by the patients and the consumers that you want to have something kind of small and cool and connected. So everything was there at the same time. And then after the prototype worked out and we got some feedback from doctors, caregivers, and clinicians, we actually built the real product that took us another four years, and we introduced what we call Vital Patch in January of 2016. And so, what does Vital Patch do? It's a small biosensor. It weighs less than half an ounce, and the patients would put them on his or her chest, and it does clinical grade ECG or EKG, just as good as what you have in the hospital. So that is useful for many applications for healthcare monitoring and cardiac. We also do respiratory rate, the breathing rate, heart rate, and also we measure patient activities. And also if the patient falls, the device automatically without any assistance would determine that and let the person who's watching the patient know. We also do body temperature, 
So we can detect rates of temperature, which is usually means fever for patients. It's remarkable. It really is <laughs> living in the future to have the ability for something half an ounce to do all of that stuff. I mean, it's so crazy. But I mean, it just like everything else, now we have in our palm of our hand a phone that has as much computing power as a supercomputer did uh, 10 years ago. So I've been an entrepreneur and optimistic. So why not for healthcare? This is even more important. Our lives depends on it. Our loved one depends on it. And let's see if we can make something work. And we're delighted that everything came together and we had the biosensor itself in 2016. So what were some of the takeaways of your early career in the semiconductor business that you really used when you were making this? I mean, obviously, you know, the semiconductor industry is famous for like no waste and making things smaller and smaller and Moore's Law. Like how did all of that bring you to this place as a leader in technology? Well, you hit the nail right on the head. It is miniaturization, having more in a smaller area. And that's exactly what we alluded to, that why the ECG has to be a big machine that rolls in in the room. The core of it, the technology of it can be put in a chip. And that's why we built for our product, we call it vital core processor. So that has as much computing power that you need to do all your body signal processing. One of the other things in line of semiconductor that we realize that the body frequency is like one hertz. Whereas when you do communications are millions and billions of hertz. So you can just do a lot for the body, which is relatively slow compared to the rest of the industry. And obviously you can then all of that in a small area. That's remarkable. So do you create the semiconductors in the creation process? How does your company create the actual vital core? We produce that just like a semiconductor company. We designed it completely in-house and we manufacture it at TSMC, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation, which is one of the largest semiconductor manufacturing companies in the world. So that comes in, but obviously this is a lot more than the chip. It All the mechanical uh, designs had to work properly and all the other components put together in an accurate fashion. So then the rest of the manufacturing takes place, which is mostly precision medical grade manufacturing to put it all together. Do you think as a technologist, were you creating this as for the consumer, for the patient at the end of the day, were you creating all of these things of kind of similar to the way that we create technology, just thinking of the consumer in mind, and then kind of had to go against the wall of like, wait, what does healthcare require for all of this stuff? Like, what is the healthcare industry and all those codes? Or was there kind of some friction there? Or was it a natural kind of progression? Well, we always thought that we want to do this for patients, for sick people, that they really benefit from this product. In fact, our company's mission is to save lives and enhancing patient care through these elegant healthcare solutions. We've had people who had interest for these for general health monitoring, but we've seen that just like your life, people are not too concerned about their health until, you know, some illness comes in. And then you're really, really interested. And that's why we thought 
that we make this product not only small, but continuous. So once you have it on, you have insurance 24-7. All the time the data goes to our cloud. And if anything happens that is outside the norm, a notification is sent to loved ones, doctors, clinicians, whoever that is responsible for that particular patient. So how do you manage that much data? Because this over time will grow to millions and millions and millions of patients. But if it's growing to that many people, are you going to be able to store that all on the cloud? And is there going to be, I, I'm sure there's some sort of like patient regulations that HIPAA or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, absolutely. But are you going to be able to like extract trends from that? Or is it just still going to be like locally stored? Uh, excellent questions. First of all, as I tried to allude at the beginning, this had to be coming at the right time. If we just made a biosensor, but the cloud computing and infrastructure was not there, then it would be very difficult to make this thing scalable. So now the computing assets that you can continue to expand is essentially infinite. We can monitor every patient on the planet, and there is still plenty more storage and cloud computing capabilities left. So there is no shortage of that. And as I said, person's frequency is like one hertz yeah. compared to some of videos or other things that are all around us. I'm sure if we put all the patient data, it's still less than what you have on a YouTube. It's great. And it's one of those things, I think especially, it kind of makes you realize how cool we are as human beings, right? It's like all I am is one hertz. Like yeah. that's it. Like all of this is is running at maximum efficiency. Yes, Yes, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what the patient, like how this impacts their life from they have this wearable on. Is it in the hospital that it's put on? Is it at home? And then how can they kind of, as you've mentioned in the past, transform the home into a hospital? Well, you know, that's one of the things we had in mind that this product is so light and so easy to use. The patient just puts it on his chest like a Band-Aid and push a on button, and that's it. So we were able to get FDA clearance for both hospital and for home because of the ease of use. And in fact, the product is deceptively simple. It looks so simple to use because we have so much technology behind it. So we thought that that is really a continuum. When somebody was sick and had a procedure done in hospital, when he or she is released, all of a sudden doesn't become completely healthy. There is a transition. So we thought we have to have a product that takes care of that continuum. So if you start at the hospital, you monitor within the hospital with this device, but depending on your condition, you just go home with one of these. And also the other way around, Pre-surgery, sometimes you want to look at the patient to make sure they're in a condition that they can be operated on. So they can start putting it in home before coming to the hospital. And then we obviously have patients that have chronic conditions, COPD, cardiac conditions, which are unfortunately widely in, all around the world. So these patients want to be continuously monitored and mostly they're at home. So we want to do this continuum of care, and that's why we call it monitoring patients anytime, anywhere. I'm excited for the future of healthcare because it is going to be a cool place. 
which I think nobody thought was going to be possible 10 years ago. That's really exciting. Switching to the wearable stuff. So I'd like to talk a little bit about, you've been an expert in the field here for a long time and doing a lot of research on wearables specifically. Where do you think the industry is at with wearables in general, both from a consumer side and then from almost like a B2B side? What do you think the applications are going forward? And what do you kind of see as opportunities for organizations, especially like technology leaders, to leverage IoT and wearables in the future of their businesses? Well, the way I see it, there's really a clear distinction. Devices that are for health and wellness, they are widely used. Companies who make those products, they introduce several models every year. But what we do is really a wearable that is a miniaturization of a medical device. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. So you're saying that the wearables that are in the ecosystem right now, whatever those may be, the ones that you wear on your wrist or right. whatever, yes. that are tracking you know, your movement or your steps, getting your steps yes. in and all of that, those are consumer electronics that are exactly. helping you achieve whatever it is that is, like track your steps or whatever. Whereas what you created with Vital Connect is actually just miniaturization of something that was an existing technology that you made much smaller, much more convenient, much more patient-centric and easier to use and like bring with you 24-7. Absolutely, absolutely. Well put. So then where do you see opportunities for other areas of miniaturization then? Maybe in other industries or other sectors, or is it just kind of like any large technology? I mean, like, I'm sure when people, when the, a computer is the size of a room, that people are like, it's never going to be the size of a loaf of bread, let alone a credit card. Where are kind of other industries that you see that type of miniaturization taking place? Well, you know, there is a lot of talk about energy, that people make a lot of motions and movements during the day. And if that energy can be harnessed, that can be really, really cool. I think that's one of the areas that is very, very challenging. But once the solution is found, not only maybe you can contribute that energy to your use, but all the personal devices that are on you, they don't need to have batteries. I mean, wouldn't that be really, really cool? These things really require innovations and investments, but I'm optimistic that the trend is there. Everybody wants to get the things that are right for the society and at the same time taking advantage of all these technologies. Now, one thing that would be common to new innovations, as well as what we're doing in healthcare, is not just the physical devices, but the analytics. Once you have this information, what can you do with it? Uh, as far as the vital signs are concerned, up to this point, they were taken occasionally. Now, we've had cases that when you measure vital signs continuously, for example, for cardiac patients, you can predict that there may be an unfortunate incident one week ahead of time. So you can intervene which would be not taking somebody to emergency room, but changing their diet or medication. We had a case post-cardiac surgery that, again, because of looking at the data, the patient didn't have to be brought back to the hospital. 
the doctor could look at the data, says, oh no, we just need to increase the beta blocker. So that's, I think, the trend that is just going to be amazing. When internet came about and online shopping, it was very nice. But now that the analytics has been combined to it, you go to Amazon and it kind of knows what you may want to buy more or which videos you may want to buy. So it's predicting, but it would be a lot cooler if they say, okay, Mr. X, maybe you have to call your doctor to change your medicine. And that's really, really going to be changing the way healthcare is provided. And I think that there's a big distinction there from the Amazon or the Netflix, like you might also like. That's actually just educated guessing. Those are all swags. Those are little experiments that they're running. It's not predictive. And I think that that's a common mistake that I think people don't really understand about wearables is we're talking about predictive technology where, hey, we know that if this happens, that we can safely predict that this thing is coming eventually, which is much different than hey, you just ran on this trail run. You might also like this other trail run. Yes. Yeah, like That's interesting, but it's like, hey, if you do this trail run twice a week, you're going to have better cardiac health down the road is exponentially better and safer and healthier you know, population. Absolutely. So I want to do a quick look at transformational change, institutional change, and some takeaway for our IT leaders that are in our audience about how do you navigate those periods where as a founder or as a leader in a large company, you have to say, I know that we want to launch this product and the market just isn't ready for it. Or the market might be ready for it, but but the technology, like how did you kind of like work through those things and like have the patience to have the long-term thinking, which I think is really tough. And I think specifically for a lot of leaders, there's that worry of, hey, what's the average shelf life of the average sea level? It's like if it's, you know, between two and four years or something like that, am I going to be around to see the change that I'm trying to put into place today? You as a CEO and founder, it's a little different, but is there any kind of advice that you would have for people that are kind of going through that type of transformational change? I think this is a time for leadership, particularly for bringing these innovations to healthcare. From the macroeconomic point of view, the healthcare spending is unsustainable. And from the personal point of view, we all know our loved ones live longer and we want them to have happy, healthy lives. This thing really is going to make a difference. And not only lowering the cost, which is, you know, an important issue, but saving lives and having better quality of life. If a hospitalization is avoided, it's a big plus for the hospitals and healthcare costs. But the real winner is that patient that now is happily continuing his or her life and also the loved ones, the pressure and tensions that comes about. So I would encourage my colleagues to take leadership. This is the time to put these things in place. There are plenty of clinical evidence that we have provided and other people have provided that continuously monitoring patients and with analytics can really be useful. And let's just move on and get these things out. I love it. Okay. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes, sir. Okay. So we're going to ask some questions. It's going to be quick hits, less than a minute answers off the top of your head. 
No pressure. Are you ready? Okay, yes. All right. The lightning round is presented by the lightning platform by Salesforce, a leading cloud platform that makes AI-powered apps faster and easier. Salesforce now building apps is everyone's business. Learn more at salesforce.com slash build apps. Let's get into it. Lightning round. Number one, what app on your phone are you using that is the most fun? YouTube. Maybe I'm, it's boring, but I use it on the phone just as much as I do it on my TV. Do you have YouTube Red? No, I do not. So this is so funny. We talk about, so Chad, CEO of the mission, has YouTube Red, and he keeps trying to get me to get it because I always want to like close a video and keep listening to it. And that's like the one thing YouTube doesn't want you to do. Yes. Because otherwise you can't see the ads, right? But that's great. Okay, YouTube. No, that's a fun app. I love it. What is your favorite time-saving tool? Calendar. I mean, this calendar being synced by phone and computer and my admin, this has just been great. And in fact, I complain the loudest if my calendars don't sync. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, just, that's just great. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more, especially with booking guests on the studio and all that stuff. Everything is synced and it's like you can sync up you know, six months in advance, you can have something that's on your calendar that's synced that uploads to the cloud and the entire process. And it's spotted enough for time zone changes. That's a big one too. Oh yeah, yes. totally. Are you using AI or chatbots or any of that type of stuff? Not on my phone, if that's a good No, I mean, as a, well, as a company or as Oh, personally? yes. Oh, absolutely. The whole idea about predictive that we're using AI, machine learning, and those type of analytics, we develop our own sort of in-house based on Python and other languages. But yeah, absolutely. Since we're in the lightning rounds, okay. I'll move to the next one. But I want to touch on that before we okay. get out of here. Okay. That's great. Do you have a favorite team, sports or otherwise? Uh, sports team, obviously, uh, the Warriors. Oh, yeah. We, Go we, we've been so excited. They've just been in all the championships and playoffs the past few years. we in, in line to get four seats in the new stadium. Yeah. Are you? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge Warriors fan. Yes. So that's great. I'll see you at the games. Yes. Favorite. Now, this might feel leading, but it's not. What's your favorite podcast? To be honest with you, I have not been doing as much podcasts as I should be doing. Totally okay. Yes. That's all right. Yes. We're spreading the movement. Yes. Here yes. Commission. Favorite recent book or thing that you've read? I read the book by Peter Thiel, Zero to One. That's it's our book excellent. club. Yeah. That's our book club. Our next, we're doing a book club episode on Monday on Zero to One. Oh, it was great. I was in an event that he spoke and I was just so moved that I said, I've got to buy his book and I'm buying it and giving it to friends and co-workers. I love it. So that's where Chad is headed this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, to sit down with Peter and company. Favorite content or show, so it could be a web series or a show on TV that you're watching right now. Young Sheldon. Oh, that, that is really, really cool. Does it remind you of you? Is that no, that no, 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 like? no, no? I was, I was not as smart. In fact, I, I like that better than the adult version of the same show. You know, too funny. Okay, favorite one day getaway in the Bay Area. 
uh, going to San Francisco generally, once you get through the traffic and you park, I mean, we just love it. We love to go to the parks. The Golden Gate Park is amazing how big it is. Oh, that huge. you can go there for years and never cover the whole area. You do uh, botanical garden. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, great. yes. The gardens, they have art activities from time to time. The miniature paper yachts that they have, they're all really great. I love it. Last question. Have you ever been to Dreamforce? No, I have not. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, in the future, we'll hit up our Dreamforce Connects to get you there. Okay. Um, We'd love uh, that. Thank you. Okay, that is it for the lightning round presented by the lightning platform by Salesforce. You can build apps faster and easy. Fast and easy questions, right? Those are fast yes, and easy. absolutely. Just like salesforce.com slash build apps. Okay. Same sort of good. thing. Thanks again to our friends at Salesforce for sponsoring IT Visionaries. All right, final question. How are you building your AI and machine learning? And like, do you have a team that is working on that? Do you have like a lead engineer that's running that stuff? How are you doing some of that machine learning? Yeah, we are doing that in-house. We have a very small but brilliant team. As the head of it is my good friend, Kumar Selvaraj, who's written so many papers and made so many contributions to the industry. In fact, he's heading out to a conference to give three more papers next week. Oh, great. Yes. Shout out to Kumar. That's fantastic. That's it. Anything? I'll leave the final words here. Well, I thank you for inviting me. And uh, I think this is a technology that can really, really help change the way that we live by managing our healthcare in a way that is very beneficial to our population. So thank you. We do too. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce, a leading cloud platform that makes building AI-powered apps faster and easier. With Salesforce, now everyone can build apps for their organization. Learn more at salesforce.com slash buildapps.